taking you behind the curtain. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's a real treat for me this new year to start off with Victoria Clark, who's one of my favorite actresses. You have heard her wonderful music. She's a singer, a director. She's been in so many Broadway musicals, in film, in TV. She's got albums and including a fairly new one that's out. And to this day, I remember when I saw the light in the piazza and was literally stunned by it. It left such an impact. And of course, now... Victoria in another huge role starring as Kimberly in Kimberly Akimbo. By the way, incredible reviews. It's on Broadway. It opened not that long ago at the Booth Theater. So I was really excited when I saw it. And also, knowing the story, questioned can Victoria, who is not a teenager, play the role of a 15, 16 year old? you know, look like her, dress like her, and guess what? It worked. It, you had no idea. You just got caught up in this incredible, funny, sad play, and it, it's what we all need. You know, we've gone through tough times, and there's a lot of theater, but I was so excited to find theater that we could laugh at, we could cry at, and really relate to it. It was important. So guys, you gotta go see it. It's not such an easy ticket to get, but keep going because it's gonna make you feel very happy. And Victoria, when you heard about Kimberly Akimbo, did you start when it started off Broadway? Yes, I did the entire run at the Atlantic Theater in New York, and it was a thrill, and it was in the height of uh, Omicron during COVID, and um, yeah, we, uh, we we took on a commercial producer, David Stone, during that time, and and uh, yeah, so we, we knew we were coming to Broadway um, about this time last year, and it's such a thrill to be with you on the show, Joan. I'm a huge fan, and, and thank you so much for having me today. But you know... To, to look like a teenager, and yet it was so real and so natural. And that's the part that's amazing. Now, I don't remember how old you said in one of the interviews you had you are, I think in your early 60s or something like that. That's right, yeah. But mm -hmm. you look just like you could be 14 or 15, and there was nothing sort of awkward about it. It just was you. And what a gift that is. Thank you. I don't know exactly how I found her at that age. I, I think I'm kind of a goofy, silly. There's a lot of silliness in me. So, um, and a quite a bit of nerdiness also. So I think I just try to access, access the joy and the openness and sort of that curiosity and passion and longing of that age, which is pretty unadulterated. Um, I think as we get older, we tend to cover things up and make excuses for ourselves. And at that age, if we're really honest, it, um, there is an openness and a vulnerability. And so it's just a, it's a matter of me being brave enough to open that up. 
No, and I remember reading, and I then I suddenly realized when you played Light in the Piazza, it was about a woman whose child had a physical condition, and mm-hmm. there was a real possibility, I think, that she would never, like, grow up. She would always be a child. And now you're playing a child, <laughs> a teenage child, and you look really great. But how well, do you get into that kind of child's head and body? Well, it involves a lot of craft. I mean, I think everything you see and audiences see, there's there's a lot of more exploring that I can do, but there, every moment has been carefully thought through from from many people's perspective. I mean, this is a community project. We're all interrelated. Um, really great theater or any work of art, right, is a, is a collaboration. And this is truly the work of our director, Jessica Stone, and, of course, the source material, which is David Lindsay Bear's incredible play, um, which and now he's continued. He wrote the book and the lyrics to this, and Janine Tesori wrote the beautiful music, and it it is a, an incredibly funny, funny show. And um, so I think you know one way in is using the humor and the absurdity of the story and the premise, right? This fictitious disease. It, many people think it is the real progeria, the same, or real disease. Yeah. It's not a real disease. It's a made-up disease that David David created to to give us um, the groundwork for someone who is running out of time. And he often talks about how teenagers see everything as life and death. And in this case, Kimberly really is facing, um, you know, she's careening towards the end of her life. And it, it is, um, everything is about living this moment to the fullest. And um so I guess to get into the part, I just, you know, I try to access um, what I think, you know, she's going through in that particular moment. And But the designers, you know, Sarah Lux in our costumes and Jared Jan- Janice with my wig and everything about the show has been um, crafted for, for the audiences to believe that I'm truly a teenager. And to have the audience leave and feel that if this child who has the body of an older woman, like 70-year-old woman, and yet this child from a nutty kind of family, now everyone's got some kind of nutty family, but this one has more than her share, and she's determined to spend whatever time she has to find the world and she's really very wise child. And it makes you sort of stop and think. Like, you know, I grew up with a mom who always said, seize the moment. It's mm. going to be gone. You know, grab hold and relish it. Hey, guess and what? This, That's what you've done, Joan. You have seized well, we, your moment. Over we've and all over tried. Again. Right? We're still seizing. But it's... When you read it, did was it threatening at all to be able to go back in time and find her again, that little girl that or teenage girl that you were? Well, first of all, I read so many scripts and I rarely laugh out loud when I read them. And this script, this show is so 
funny. I, I laughed out loud so many times and I thought, this is going to have audiences roaring. And then you turn the page and then there's something that's so surprising that's like upsetting. And then you turn the page and then there was something else that was, you know, really like stabs you in the heart. And then you turn the page and there's something funny again. And so I love roller coasters. I mean, they're a little hard on my stomach, but I love them. And I, <laughs> this is a real roller coaster ride. And it was, it was unlike anything I'd read in years, honestly, since Piazza, which is something you brought up earlier. I mean, I have never encountered a show like this that, right. that makes you laugh so hard and then makes you really think about you your life in a serious <laughs> way. Yes. And there are tears. There are. No, with, without question. But your story is fascinating, too, because you were a student, you went to Yale, and you sort of, you weren't always going to start out as an actress. Did you know <laughs> early on that you had that gift of the voice? Well, um, I, I, I do think it's a gift. I don't claim any ownership over it other than um, I've, I've developed it. And I think when you're born with the gift, you have to, it's your obligation to, to nurture it and polish it as much as possible. And I think that God gave me this uh, gift of my voice, but also this intense longing and, and, and desire to communicate and to heal. Um, and so I try to use my um, try to use my time on this earth to to heal. And I think that the best way for me to do that is to be a storyteller and to um, to find ways to illuminate the human condition. I know that sounds a little a little I don't know corny, but but it's it, it, true. But I try to find ways to bring humanity to the characters that I play and also in the pieces that I direct so that um, people people can see themselves. They can see themselves in, in our work and and learn, oh, oh, I'm not alone. Really, I think that is the main thing I try to convey is that, hey, we've mm -hmm. got each other. You're not going on this journey by yourself. And um, healing and change are possible. And I, I always wanted to direct. I came to New York to direct. I went to graduate school for directing, uh, new work, actually new musicals is what I wanted to do. And every time I, <laughs> I take time off from acting <laughs> to direct and trying to make a stab in that direction, um, yeah, I get pulled back to acting. So I think the universe may be trying to tell me something. And it's a, <laughs> I'm very, very thrilled to be a part of this production. No, it's great. And when you, your son is a grown up now, right? In his 20s? He's almost 30. Yeah, he just oh. turned 28. Thanks for asking. Yeah. 28. He, How'd that happen? <laughs> I don't know, because I'm still 20, so I'm not really sure what happened. I'm actually 16, so. Oh, my gosh. When he saw it, was he shocked? Um, he loves it. And his girlfriend, Emily, loves it. They, they, um, they've come several times. Um, People who people, my family and close friends are are very moved by it because they they've you know it takes a village um, to support me through this part because it's so it's so it, it it requires so much stamina and energy and so I've had the support not just of my friends and family but our incredible cast I mean my my co stars are astonishing um, Justin Cooley you know is I was going to say that. Your co-stars are really terrific, too. It's Thank a you. wonderful ensemble. The whole group sort of 
blends into each other and so creates I'm this so reality that, you know, holds you. And I'm telling you, you're laughing one minute, you're crying the next minute, and you're rooting so hard for this kid who is you. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just want to give them a shout out because uh, Justin Cooley just graduated from high school a year ago. Oh my he's, gosh. <laughs> he's my co-star. He's, you know, he plays my best friend and he's, he's astonishing. Um, Bonnie Milligan is giving a breakout performance as my aunt Deborah. You know, what's fun is that I'm way older than anyone else in the cast, but everybody, most of plays them play. Older. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ali Mozzie, who's a Broadway favorite. She plays my mom, Stephen Boyer, who was in hand of God. He's Tony nominee. He's, plays my dad and then the, we have these four remarkable young actors who are who play sort of my friends at school the four teenagers and they're um they're also just astonishing um so it's it's they they also create the illusion i mean because they see me as a teenager so all of us all together you know create this illusion of this world and i'm happy that but, you and it's it becomes real there's nothing self-conscious about it <laughs> and, and no, but think about it. When you see people playing age different roles, particularly younger roles or kids, sometimes there's a lot of self-consciousness to try to make it possible. But there's none of that in uh, Kimberly Akimbo. Absolutely Thank none you. of it. You're I just appreciate you saying it. that. Thank you so much. And I'm sure you you feel that way. So did you have to audition or no? Oh, that's a funny story. Um, I, it was kind of like they wanted to, there was a big meeting, right? And I was directing Love Life at New York City Center. And it was, we were in rehearsal at, you know, in the New York City Center building. And Janine's office also happens to be there. And I, um, uh -huh. Janine had called me and I was terrified to like, <laughs> I was terrified to come in for it because it was a huge role and just like seemed mm. like impossible actually let me just say it seemed impossible for anyone to play and so um i kept putting my agents off and basically i said um i don't have time i'm in pre-production for love life there's in, i just don't have time i'm sorry like i just can't i can't swing it and they're like well what if they come to you so everyone came to new york city center where janine's office was and i couldn't say no because it was only I only Not had to walk down there. the slide of stairs. Yeah, I was already there. So um, I did go in and I sang Anagram for them. And I think I sang a little bit of Make-A-Wish, which is Kim Kimmy's first big song. Yeah, in I the love musical. that. Mm -hmm. and, and I was, both of them are many pages long. And I, I read a few scenes and it wasn't really an audition. It was more like, how does, let's just look at her and see, does she, well, let's be clear. I think it was an audition. <laughs> Oh my yes, it was. It was an audition. But, you know, like, it's such an unusual role. I think they wanted to see, like, what is she, how does she fit? And it it was, I kind of, like, love at first sight for me. I, I just fell in love with the material and fell in love with the authors and David and Janine and Jessica. Jessica Stone, the director, is an old friend of mine. We did How to Succeed Together with oh, Matthew Broderick. She replaced Megan Mullally. Oh She's a gosh. She's an actress turned director and she's quite brilliant and she's the funniest person I know. And 
she was the perfect director for this piece. That, so did you know after that, I don't know what we'll call it, but that the part was yours or did you I wait? They, I think, no, I think they let me know pretty soon after that they wanted me. And then um, Janine had kind of already decided that it would be that something. It was yours. Yes, but I kept putting Janine off saying, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And she was like, well, you need to come in and meet everybody. And um, and then and then then COVID, that was the that was when COVID. So my mm-hmm. when I read for everybody, it was like two weeks before it hit. I was shut down. Right. So then we had to wait. We had to wait a year and a half. So how exciting when it it finally opened and it was beloved by the tough New York critics. Yes. And I guess thinking back, I haven't really thought about this, but I knowing that it was coming, um, I had so much time to think about it. It was like planting yeah. a little seed and watering and waiting for it to bloom and grow. So I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do with this child, with this character. And I think that really benefited the process. No, I'm sure. And then, of course, as audiences come in and you hear the reactions, you know, funny and and sad and everything else and like joyful to be back in the theater and celebrating with a show like this, which is definitely needed. It was it was overwhelming to be back in front of audiences again. Yeah, I'm talking to (laughs) Victoria Clark. And tell me. What is the story with December songs for voice and orchestra? Big orchestra behind that one. Is that very recent? Yes, I that's just was just released in November. Uh, it's a, I have to say I'm super proud of this. I'm very, you know, hard on myself and self-critical at times, but this recording uh, I'm very very proud of. It's my friend and colleague Maury Yeston who wrote Titanic and Grand Hotel and Nine um, he he wrote a, a song cycle called December Songs, um, and it was originally commissioned many years ago um, for the reopening of Carnegie Hall, and uh, it, oh no, we know for the anniversary of I forget which one of Carnegie Hall. <laughs> right. It was conceived for voice and voice and piano, and Maury called me up in January about this time last year and said, "Would you like to do a recording?" with a full orchestra and Larry Hockman did the orchestrations and Ted Sperling, my, my old and dear friend, uh, conducted the orchestra and it is, it is a stunning album. I, I, I encourage people, you know, if you love Maury Yeston and if you love song cycles, this is a theatrical kind of tour de force. It's, it's not like a boring classical song cycle. Um, you know, some of them can be a little long. I mean, uh, but anyway, I mean, Venturiza is beautiful. It's sort of a female version of Schubert's song cycle, Venturiza, but with more of a musical theater slash classical um, sort of mix. And it's written for solo, too. So you you have a lot of, so you're on the stage all the time, and then this is yours. Yes, it's a solo. Yeah, it's just one voice. And Maury wanted a an, an older voice. He wanted an older um, woman to record it. A lot of younger women have recorded it. And he's like, I need a woman that's really lived. 
has a few more miles on her tire, as I like the tires. So, as I like to say. Yeah, but that woman is playing a 15-year-old down the street. I I don't have quite as many miles as you do, Joan, but I hope to still be working and thriving, you know, when I I get up there with my mileage. That's right, but why not? You know, yeah, you've got not? the you've got the voice, you've got the energy, and um, it's you can do it. Thank you so much. Half of it is wanting to do it and having the talent, and it's all there. So, uh, is your son an actor, or did he escape? He escaped. <laughs> he escaped. You know, he's had he's an absolutely gorgeous baritone voice, and he studied with me. Um, you know, when he was a teenager, after his voice changed, and we discovered he had a, an incredible, beautiful instrument. And he did a few shows um, in high school and college, and I think he just decided it wasn't for him. He's actually, he's working on climate change. He has his own. Um, you know good for him. Yep. He's working on the sort of the, the major issue of his generation, which is. To save our to save our planet and to get people to think differently about climate. So he's he has um, a company where he's he it's, he calls it a global incubator. So it's a it's a company where he is connecting people from all around the world to help solve each other's climate issues. If someone in Africa may have the solution for someone in Wales, or you know, like so he's connecting people from all over the world. Fantastic. And I read an interesting piece on you, how you got Stephen Sondheim's approval, which every singer, actress longs to get, but it took a bit to do it. Do you remember that? I do. I was playing Sally in Follies at New York City Center during during, um, uh, a production of that and... It was really fun. Victor Garber played Ben. So I got to play opposite Victor Garber. Uh, it was it was the whole thing was a dream. And Sondheim was very much involved in the process. And he didn't like the way I was singing "Losing My Mind" because he thought that I I was singing it too much as as Sally and not enough as a sort of a torch singer. Because all those all those solos at the end of Bali's. Um, if your listeners know the show, during the Loveland section, everybody has a big solo. Um, and Sally's song is, a, is meant to be just like a torch song. And what he, what he was getting from my performance was that I was blending the character too much with the song. And he said, it, it's not Sally, it's just some torch singer. Which is hard to say to an actor because we blend everything. Right. Of so course. he's not really a director. He didn't really know what to say to make it work, but he he just kept saying it didn't work. But everything he was telling me wasn't really helping, but it was like, OK, it was information that I could mm-hmm. use. And so I think we had six performances. And after every performance, he'd come back and say, great job, but you did. You don't have losing my mind. You don't have it. You don't have it yet. And then finally, on the last night, I don't know if he just felt sorry for me or if I actually did get it the way he liked it. But he gave me a huge hug and he said that was it. That was and it. What, and what was different? <laughs> you know, honestly, Joan, I I just, I tried to use his commentary and just try different things. I w- and so probably that night I tried to maybe distance myself from the material a little bit more and do something different 
maybe physically that Sally would never do. I don't actually remember exactly, but I do know that I made him happy. And it worked. Um, and and <laughs> it worked for him, yeah. It worked. Well, he would have been very happy to see you as Kimberly and Kimberly Akimbo on Broadway now at the Booth Theater. Thank you, Victoria. I love talking to you, loved your role, and I look forward to us talking again. Thank you, Joan. It's been a pleasure, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Victoria Clark, and go see that play. It's at the booth.